When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome back to NFL Draft Brawl. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap. We are here to give you more NFL Draft analysis. We're almost a month away, less than a month away actually, until the NFL Draft happens in whatever format that is supposed to occur at the very end of April. So we're going to start to dig into some of these bigger names that you need to be knowing about. On today's show, what we're going to be doing is discussing guys that have various swaying opinions on where they stand in terms of draft stock. And Alex and Ryan are going to be providing whether or not that they're higher or lower than the typical consensus is for this list of six players that we have. Certainly going to be moving the needle with some of these names. And let's get right on into it. First player we want to talk about here is T. Higgins, wide receiver from Clemson. There are conversations that he could be one of the earlier receivers taken, or he'll be a little bit more into the second round because there's so many receivers that are really good in this year's draft class. It's a little bit hard to tell. To tell. So Ryan, where do you stand on T. Higgins? Are you higher or lower on his draft stock? I'm definitely lower on T. I, I think that I appreciate him very well for what he is. I think he's a departmentalized possession receiver, wins at the catch point, does a lot of nice things. I just I don't see a ceiling to be a number one wide receiver, number one option moving forward. So therefore I'm not drafting him in the first round. So if you're selling me to him that his ceiling is somewhere on day two, I, I'd be f- perfectly fine with drafting Tegans in the second round. But for me, much too high to have him in the first round conversation, especially in what is historically a deep wide receiver draft. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with where I think consensus is right now. I think he's obviously dropped. Uh, the athletic testing didn't help. Um, I have him right pegged uh, middle of the second round. You know, I do value. I think he can bring a valuable. He can be a valuable asset for an NFL team. Whoever takes him, just I think if you take him on day two, I see the value. Um, you know, there's been talks about the you know upwards to the Bills at 22, which they do need that kind of receiver, but. Taking them with their first-round selection, I think there's more value to be had. Uh, he is limited athletically in what he can bring to the te- table, you know, as far as separation goes. But, you know, what he does well is clear. It's clear that, you know, what he does well is a possession-style receiver that can go up and get the ball in the vertical third. But just think of him as that. Don't try to blow him up like he's anything more. And I think I think you're right there where, where we have him, you know, middle, second round, you know, even early third. And can we, can we talk about for a second, like – 
the, the, it, it's so funny because it's like one of those things like if you're lower on, on somebody else's guy on Twitter, it's like you are committing <laughs> such a heinous crime. It, you, you're allowed to like a player to a degree, but not nearly as much as somebody else. Like I saw someone because the first report at T. Higgins Pro Day was like, oh, T. Higgins ran a 4-4-3, 4-4-3 on the stopwatches. And then every, all the T. Higgins truthers start coming out like, oh, man, told you he's an athlete, told you he's an athlete. And then right. the official report comes out, official 4-5. <laughs> eight four five nine i'm like okay here we are again because here's the thing like when i when i say that i like isaiah hodgins i like isaiah hodgins and i'm not big on t higgins i still have t higgins ranked ahead of isaiah hodgins it's just based on the consensus and where everyone else thinks they're at i'm lower on t higgins and i'm higher on isaiah hodgins isaiah hodgins is still ranked below t higgins in my rankings so just because i say i like isaiah hodgins doesn't and i don't like t higgins doesn't mean that you know they're flipped where they should be in the rankings. I still think T Higgins is a better prospect. I think we can all agree that what is typically said on Twitter in NFL draft Twitter is not always the best environment for some reason for I don't want to dive too deep in this, but for some reason there's so much aggressiveness. I feel like, like you pointed out uh, Ryan from some people when it comes to talking about some of these prospects, if, if you're not high as high as they are on, on their guy, well then, you know, you're completely wrong. You're an idiot. So we won't dive too much into that. It's just, it's a funny thing that you pointed out. That's how some people tend to react when you go against, against their players. So I think that this question is worth asking before we move on to our next player. And it's easily the most commonly asked question right now in this draft class when you're talking about a receiver. Where do you think T. Higgins would lie if he hypothetically was not in this year's receiver class? Because there are so many talented names in this year's group that some of these better guys could get slid down past where they probably would be taken in a typical draft class. I mean, so, so like in a vacuum, I, I still think that T. Higgins is a day two wide receiver. I just don't see the, the upside to being a number one option. I, I feel like a, a really good number two receiver, maybe a ceiling of like an Alshon Jeffrey. Like that's that's kind of what I'm looking at with T. So I, I really feel like maybe that's my disconnect is is some people have you know are, are using it towards the, the board value comparative to what I just am looking at is a vacuum of how good T. Higgins is. But in this in this draft, especially you know, day two somewhere just with the, the rest of the talent in this draft. But, you know, just to answer your question, I think in a typical year, just in, in a vacuum, not grading based upon who else is in the class, I, I still think he's a day two player. He's very solid, but I don't think there's a high upside for him. Yeah, just to piggyback, piggyback off what you said, I think that tier two wide receiver group in this year's uh, class, I think it's really, really deep. And that obviously, like you said, it pushes some names down. Uh, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayu, Jalen Rager, those those are going to be some of those names that are going to be pushed down more so this year than they would on the average year. I think on the average year, I would probably, big board-wise, have him ranked um, just outside of the first round. But like like Ryan said, it's he's a clear day two guy for me. That's where the value is to be had for him. So seemingly one of the biggest risers is our next guy, a guy that since the combine has gone from being not even in the first round discussion, and then now suddenly in play as a top 15 pick by some people's discussions. Jordan Love is one of the more more polarizing quarterback options because some people really think he could be the next Patrick Mahomes. Others don't really see that and think that he's turnover prone. Where do we sit on Jordan Love? Ryan, are you high or low on Jordan Love, quarterback from Utah State? 
Uh, I mean, so it's a tough one. Am, am I higher compared to draft Twitter? Absolutely. Um, I feel like I'm pretty much on the same, um, the same, the same uh, area with with NFL teams. I feel like he's going to be a top fifteen pick, top twenty pick. Is he the perfect prospect? Absolutely not. But when you when you just look at the whole body of work, I feel like Jordan Love is somebody that you can build on. His best football is ahead of him. So I, I'm definitely higher than most of the consensus, at least we see on a day-to-day basis on Twitter. Yeah, Jordan Love's an interesting prospect. He really is because you see the upside, You see the, but you also see all his flaws. He does have a lot of flaws. Uh, I actually have him pegged as a very, very early second-round pick. He's fringe first-rounder for me. Um, but obviously the quarterback position being as – you know, needy as it is and how important that position is, I, I'm i all for taking a first-round flyer on him. You know, the upside, like you said, Pat Mahomes. That, I mean, that's the name he's getting compared to. Yeah, I'm taking that guy in the first round without question. Um, so, yeah, the, with the upside and everything involved, I think I'm, like, right there with where the draft community is. You know, not don't love everything about him. Probably a second-round prospect in a vacuum. But based on his upside and based on him being a quarterback – He's one of those prospects I do not mind taking a middle of the first round pick on. So far, a consensus with our first two guys. You're both agreeing. Not too much disagreement here so far. Let's see if we can stir the pot here. I'm going to say that this is easily the most controversial guy to talk about because (laughs) a lot of people are excited about his athleticism and what he can bring to the table. But at the same time, he shows accuracy in consistency. That guy we're talking about is Jalen Hurts, quarterback from Oklahoma. He had a long career at Alabama, then finds his way at Oklahoma, lights things up statistically, and looked pretty good at the combine when it came to throwing the ball to receivers in a predetermined setting with no defensive backs. Where do we stand on Jalen Hurts? Some people are talking about him maybe finding his way in the end of the first round. Others are declaring that he has promise but is most likely a day a late day two or early day three prospect ryan where do you sit on jalen hurts jalen hurts is early day three for me i I put a fourth round grade on him he's like quarterback i don't have my list in front of me my rankings but i think he's quarterback eight quarterback nine he's somewhere in there there is clearly in the right system the potential to be successful A, a a team that takes him and then put and then you know builds upon his strengths to a high degree there is a possibility of being successful i'm not i'm not denying that i understand that but there is just such a limitation you're putting a cap on what you can do in the passing game you really do i I know some people are you know gonna really go against that but as the season went along you saw more and more the run game becoming the emphasis because there is just such an inability to stay patient in the pocket. There is no feel in the pocket whatsoever, and he there's just a cap on what you can do with him. The arm talent isn't great enough. There's just so many limitations in the passing game. I, I'm, a, I'm just not a b- big believer that in any system he could potentially do it. Is there some? But yes, there is absolutely some, but I don't think there's that many, which is the big problem for me. Yeah, for me, I think I'm a little bit higher on him than Ryan. I have him as a late day three guy, so I have him in that day two conversation. Uh, I think most of that, the difference between me and Ryan is I see a a higher floor. I think uh, the floor of him as a prospect is I think you're getting a good backup, that a locker room guy, and that kind of goes into my ranking as well. So that's probably where you see the difference. On film, I'm sure I see him very similar to Ryan. He's, He's got the limitations. They're clear. They're obvious. 
Uh, he had a great he had a great combine. He was throwing the ball well. He looked very natural. He's you know putting a lot of zing on the ball, um, which you didn't really see as much on tape. So it seems like we're seeing some improvement. Obviously, you got to take those drills with a grain of salt. You know, no no pads on, no defenders. It's, it makes it a lot easier. But um, but I think you know as far as a locker room guy. And he has tools, you know, there is a role for him. I don't know if it's a franchise starting quarterback, and that's what worries me. Um, I think would you call a would you call a third round grade QB seven? He's right behind Jake Fromm for me. Would you say that's high or low, or I'm kinda like right right there with the consensus? I mean, I mean, it comes back to it comes back to the tw- the you know the the draft scout on Twitter versus NFL teams. I feel like NFL teams are right in the ballpark of where we are. I feel right. like he's not going to be drafted as high as some people think. But then you see the guys on Twitter, the the draft scouts that are saying, "Oh man, this guy late first round, this guy early second round." I don't see that. Yeah. I feel like. When it's all said and done, even though the quarterback position is in high demand, I feel like he's going to be drafted a lot closer to where we have him than where a lot of the majority does. Right. I'm sure we won't anger too many people with, with the take that he's not going to get drafted as as high as uh, the first round, like some people are saying. But uh, <laughs> our next guy that we have is another player who could potentially find his way into the first round. This is a bit more realistic than Jalen Hurts. If not, early second round, sometime in on day two, depending on where he lies. That is linebacker and edge defender Zach Bond from Wisconsin. Ryan, where do you sit on Bond? How do you feel about him, high or low? I, f- I feel bad, Joe. You keep going to me first and not letting Alice have any fun, man, to start. <laughs> I'm just I'll- trying to go with the good flow of things. <laughs> I don't I want you, anyone man. to go back to back, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a solid yeah, point. Alex, I would, think about that. Alex right. would you like to go first? No, you I'll can go, go first. first. If we'll, like. we'll switch it up. We'll switch it up. Okay. I'll go first. <laughs> All right, actually, go ahead. Okay. So uh, Zach Bond, also, you know, he's he's an interesting prospect because he li- he took most of his snaps on film, rushing off the edge as like a maybe a three four outside linebacker. Um, but where he projects best is as a you know as a off ball linebacker, in my opinion. So that's how I graded him. Um, I have him as a very early second round uh, grade. I think I wouldn't mind taking him in the first round in the right system. I think he brings a lot to the table as a pass rusher. Uh, his motor runs really high at all times. Um, he's not overly athletic, I don't think. Um, I don't know what he really brings as far as coverage skills. It's, you know, he can drop back in coverage, but I don't know if it's if it moves the needle for you. Uh, I, th- I think he's a good prospect, though. I think, you know, between the motor, I think he has good technique with his pass rush moves. I think he can be one of those three, four outside linebacker defensive end hybrids, kind of like what the Falcons wanted to do with Vic Beasley. Uh, obviously, that didn't work out, uh, saying that he's gone. But, you know, I think he can kind of play that role very well. Um, I think if you get him in the early to mid-second round, I think you're getting great value for him. So that's kind of where I have him. I think I'm kind of right there with consensus, maybe a little higher. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? So for me, I agree with you 100%, Alex. I think that Zach Bond is going to be an off-ball guy. I really prefer him as a, a Sam backer in a 4-3. I think that he can right. do a lot of things in under fronts, come down on the edge once in a blue moon. He's not long enough to play edge on a full-time basis, in my opinion. He came in with short arms. He's only about 6'2". There's some limitations to him on the edge. But I do like him in that off-ball, in, in the off-ball role. He's a good athlete. He, he covers a really nice amount of space. I think there's a there's high potential at that position. My, my worry is like we're drafting a guy at the end of first rounds 
in the first round to be to do something that he hasn't really shown that he can do except for at the Senior Bowl. And the last time we saw that was Hassan Reddick, who plays for the Cardinals, and that has been an absolute disaster. So I'm a little worried about drafting him that high. I would be a lot more comfortable seeing him taken somewhere in the second round and banking on that potential. Our final guy that we're going to talk about today is another very intriguing one. That is cornerback C.J. Henderson from Florida. There's been speculation he could be very well in play in the top 15 picks. Seeing a lot of mock drafts that are putting him to the Jacksonville Jaguars somewhere in that range. But his original draft stock did have him as a late first round, second round prospect. Where do you guys sit on C.J. Henderson? Alex, why don't you go first? Yeah, he's fluctuated a lot throughout uh, this draft season. You know, he started the year as a fringe first rounder, like you said. Uh, That Miami game happened. Everyone was tuned in. Uh, I think that was week zero. Or, you know, they were in prime time. Everyone's watching it, and he just looked horrendous tackling. Uh, And that's by far his worst tape on film. So everyone saw that. They were out on C.J. Henderson. He started to fall. Since then, you know, the combine, obviously, he had a near-perfect combine. He couldn't have done much else better. Um, and so people are starting to come back around on him. I will bang the table for C.J. Henderson. This is one of my guys. Cornerback two, C.J. Henderson, I, I think if, if Jacksonville takes him at nine, I have no problem with that. That's as high as I think I see him going, uh, if, if that's Jacksonville's guy. But as a Falcons fan, I'm hoping he's there at 16. You know, obviously, with moving on from Desmond Trufant, we need a corner, and this is who I want. C.J. Henderson is probably – okay, he's the second-best pure man coverage corner. I'm not going to make that bold bold statement and say he's better than Akuda as a man coverage corner. But he is right there with Akuda. His mirror and match skills, his footwork – Oh, he's he's so silky smooth. C.J. Henderson, I think the tackling concerns and the physicality concerns are blown out of proportion. Everyone saw that Miami game, and they wrote him off as a you know a tackler and think that he's greedy Williams. I I think he's he, he's more of a tackler than you know he's more physical than people give him credit for. I think he's shown that on tape. If you really go deep dive in the t- uh, in the tape, he's a little bit of an ankle biter. He's not the strongest guy. But he he's not he's not afraid to go in and make the play. I really really love C.J. Henderson. He's he's a top twenty player on my board. Wow. All right. So Alex, I didn't hear anything after cornerback cor- uh, two. Um, that was. I mean, hey man, you should you should be his agent. Honestly, that was the greatest sell <laughs> I've ever heard. And I mean, I get it. And, you know, I I talked to uh, Jeremiah Bogan, who is over at Pro Football Ready, who's a great guy. He knows a lot about cornerbacks and. He raves about CJ. He's he's on. He's firmly in the same breath as you, as far as you know your opinion on him. And I, I definitely get it. You know, it, it, as just far as coverage skills, he he stays in phase about as well as anybody in this draft. He is a very fluid mover, incredibly smooth hips. He's fast. He has it all. Um, in as a coverage perspective, I think that the physicality perspective. You know, I don't care if a, if a corner is not a great tackler. I really don't. It's very overhyped. It really, honestly, doesn't matter that much. I do see some lack of physicality throughout the uh, throughout. Um, you know, his coverage ability, though. I, I feel like he panics a little bit with the ball in the air, and I think he gets grabby down the field a little bit. So I do worry about him a little bit. Another guy I'd be really happy with if he was somewhere in the second round, somewhere on day two, high upside corner. I have my worries, 
But you know, I don't, I don't. That's one that I'm fine with. Like, I get why people are so high on him. I, I, I can see a situation where he's very successful, but there are definitely some things that do concern me personally. So the last guy that we have ends up being the only one where there's significant disagreement on uh, where their draft stock lies. Well, that's all we have for higher or lower, where we discussed the various draft stocks and where you guys stood on their current draft status and what you think in terms of where they're going to end up landing. Ryan Roberts here, Rising Draft on Twitter, now joined by Mr. Josh Lemoyne, founder and recruiting analyst of Inside the Eye, also contributor at Primetime Pod. Josh, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on tonight, my man. Yeah, I'm glad to be on. And I, I needed to, you know, before we get to officially to the kickoff of the 2020 NFL Draft, I needed to bring on an LSU guy because this season that you guys just had, I mean, I just can't get over it. You know, we talk about the 15-0, we talk about the national championship, everything. I mean, just every game they showed every second the, the offense it was just the most incredible thing i have ever seen so far you know just the most dominant offensive output for you being a guy that covers lsu so closely just describe this season for me man because i mean no one saw quite the output obviously that joe burrow put out this offense put out like what was it like being a supporter being a person that follows the team closely during this time look man it, it's you know I, I try not to go too far right with it as, as far as how special of a season it was and how historic it was. But as the season went along, I mean, really, that's that's all all you could do. It was it was such a special situation and just everything that surrounded LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was it just one of them things as the season started, Brian and. We knew LSU, you know, look, LSU always has the talent, right? They, they, they got the ability to compete for a college ball player pretty much year in, year out with, with the NFL uh, talent. But as, as this season kicked off, they, nobody that covered LSU would be truthful if they thought, you know, they told you that this was going to be the season that LSU had. They, they would be lying to you, right? But mm-hmm. I said before the season kicked off, if LSU was going to compete for the college football playoff, they needed to get top-tier offensive line play and elite quarterback play. I mean, and those were the two things that I keyed on. I said, if LSU won a true shot, you know, that's what they were going to need. And look, I never thought in my wildest dreams we, we would have one of the greatest college football seasons there. But you, really, when you, when you, you know, you break down the tape and you look at everything, I mean, that's really what they got. The O-line won, you know, the top O-line in the country. And Chio Burrow arguably had the greatest season for a college quarterback in, in history. So, you know, that just kind of sums it up. But just covered it so close, it was kind of, kind of just kind of in awe, man. It, it wasn't really, this is for me. And I know I covered with a couple guys that are close friends of mine. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
Chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. After we beat Alabama, I think it was that night, maybe that next morning, where we all were kind of just like, okay, I think this is this is a different year. This is a special season. An 01 Miami, an 88 Hurricanes, you know, a Nebraska from 96, 95. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when we all looked, we all kind of were talking was like, this could be something real special. Right. And, and I know, like, just when you look in that offense, you know, you mentioned, you know, the Joe Burrows and the wide. I mean, we could talk about those wide receivers all day for this year's draft, next year's class, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the offensive line. You got a couple guys coming out this year that are incredible players. I know, you know, everyone wants to poke holes in things until they believe it, right? So, like, while the LSU season was happening, I know everyone was like, but is that defense up to caliber? Is that defense good? Was there any – was there ever any – thought in your mind that, you know, maybe this defense is kind of going to be the Achilles heel for this season? Look, I I think after the Ole Miss game, you've seen every person in the nation come out, you know, that that wanted to be that guy, right, and questioned LSU's defense. They gave up some ungodly amount of rushing yards to Ole Miss. And, yeah, I think there was that question mark there. But if you follow the team close enough, like I do, and a lot, you know, we got a lot of diehard fans, they knew he was just going to take Coach Aranda and them guys to just get on track, right? He had to get them guys to start thinking, thinking right, playing right. And one thing about LSU's defense, it's gap football, right? So it's those guys were, especially covering the option, they were they were out of their gaps. They, those guys weren't. It, it was it was just a lazy performance against Ole Miss, and I, I think it crossed some people's mind that that LSU, you know, maybe this season we get him the defense. But when you Ryan, you, you keep up with you know scouting and talent. When when you break down the defense, and you see what they had as far as talent wise. It really just took it took a mindset that Coach Aranda said, "Okay, guys, look, we're too talented. We got too many NFL guys on this defense." to let this season go by, right? Joe and this offense is too historic. And once they put the clamps down, Arkansas on, you've seen an elite, you know, caliber NFL defense from, from you know, after Ole Miss. That, that was the last time we've seen that. Yeah, yeah and I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, like you said, you know, being a guy that covers NFL draft get, is the scouting, you know, coordinator and all that good stuff. Like, I, I see, you know, Patrick Queen. I've been a fan of Jacob Phillips, Christian Fulton, Grant Delpit. Like, there's so many guys on all levels. I mean, that's not even counting Caleb on Chason, Rashard Lawrence. Like, it's it's absolute embarrassment of riches. You know, and I'm looking at this list now. We have 15 guys that were at the combine for LSU, which is it's it's astounding for, for you for you like looking at just some of the guys that were declaring early. You know, obviously not the Joe Burrows and those types of guys. Were there any guys that you thought were a little bit of a surprise that you kind of expected to be back in 2020? Yeah, you know, there were a couple guys that surprised me. I, the one that surprised me most was Sadiq. Our left tackle, um, mm-hmm. but you know, you know, you know the current situation with him. He was, you know, held out of six games. You call it what it is. He was suspended for six games. Um, you know, the coach's decision. But I thought that was the one that really surprised me because I thought Sadiq had such a season mm-hmm. that if he would, he could have came back and really, you know, made a mark and maybe been a first round tackle because I thought he he put enough tape together in his national championship season and went against elite edge guys 
he can do this at the next level. Uh, but he missed six games, and you get the question marks, why did he miss six games? Look, I mean, the I smoke weed, it is what it is, right? Let's just call it what it is. Right. You know, so, um, and that, you know, that's what went on with that situation. But Sadiq Charles was the, was the one guy that I really thought if he could have came back, you may have seen that guy rise up into the first round, maybe the early second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. When I was watching his film, I was, I'm was i just thinking, like, why are we not talking about this guy a little more? Then obviously, you know, you dig into the, the off-the-field stuff, which, you know, people are going to have to kind of get squared away, and you're going to have to, you know, be confident with who he is as a person to, to draft him. Like, I totally get that stuff, but, you know, from a talent standpoint, it you know, I'm not surprised he came out, but, you know, like you said, you know, probably of this group, I remember, you know, I had him broken down, Patrick Queen, when he decided to come out. He was a little bit of a surprise for me. Obviously, he's quite talented, so it it makes complete sense that he decided to come out. Um, Looking at this group, though, specifically, just for this last year, so it could be guys that are on the team now still, or it could be in this draft group. Is there a guy on this list that I'm looking at that, you know, even that you can just think of, could be on the team still, that – was the biggest surprise for you that they had such a breakout year and they just kind of burst onto the scene a little bit? I think, you know what, and he's going to get trapped pretty early this year. I think the uh, it's Clyde edwards layer. I think most people, when you look to see when the season started, and we talked about it a little bit, Ryan, is that a lot of people, and look, they'd be lying to you. And, and I was a big Clyde fan. He's you know, a local kid out of Bad Rouge, loved him in high school. But he was always, right, too small, too mm. slow. You know, he was just that guy. He was the backup at LSU. He was never going to be the star. Um, and the season, as it, it started to, to wear on, he, he really started to elevate his game. Mm-hmm. Um, and most thought, you know, John Emery um, would have taken that job. Ty Davis, the two highly ranked running backs out of high school. But Clyde would not give that job up, and for good reason. He had, a, you know, one of the, you know, one of the most elite years of running back in the SEC in quite a while as far as when you combine all the yardage and, and the pass catching. So Clyde's that guy, man. Clyde goes from a guy that wasn't even talked about being drafted to, to a guy that he's probably going to go, what, maybe – you know, mid-second, early second, and if somebody loves him, it would not surprise me one bit if somebody took him in late in the first. But he's more of a mid-second round guy. I think somebody will come up and grab him there. Yeah, he. I mean, he's 100% in, the, in that group. You know, you, you have to kind of figure out where guys rank as far as the, the DeAndre Swifts and the, right. you know, the Jonathan Taylors and the J.K. Dobbins, but he's right in that group, you know, top four running back in the class. So, I mean, I loved Clyde's tape this year. He is such a fun player. Like, I could not believe how quick he was because, like, you look at his body and he's like 5'7". He's dense, you know, and he, he can move. I'm, I'm – I'm a big fan, and I know you guys also have a couple tight ends coming out here who are pretty interesting. Obviously, you know, Thad Moss being Randy's son gets a lot of the headline, but Steven right. Sullivan's a really interesting former wide receiver. What, what are we gonna What are we gonna make of Josh for the for these tight ends? What, what kind of have you been? What What have you seen from them, and what do you kind of expect from them, kind of moving forward here? Sullivan's such an interesting guy, right? He really did catch too many balls at LSU when he came out of high school. He was highly touted uh, wide receiver, and they, they they just never could find that happy spot for him. And it, it was kind of a shame they tried him at tight end, wide receiver, back to tight end. Um, so they just he just kind of finishes his career at LSU, played where Coach O and the guys needed him, um, it, and it changed almost from game to game. You know, I switch around to it, but he's a guy I think. He fits more of the NFL mold today. Sure. Jimmy Graham type that you can kind of put him in the slot there, throw fade 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes, and you know this, Ryan, you talked about it at the beginning there, is that you got to beat out a Jamar Chase, a Justin Jefferson. These guys are first-round guys, and now he's, he's your fourth wide receiver, but he could be a number one on a lot of teams in the country. So, you know, that's why you got to look at LSU's chart. And like you said, I think Solomon's going to get picked up by a team, fourth round, fifth round. He may go into the sixth, but, boy, he's going to be a weapon. And maybe you could develop that guy like Jimmy Graham. Now, that Moss, he's more your traditional guy. I think if you turn the film on, Ryan, and watch that Moss, he, he don't mind blocking. And it's hard to find that in, in today's game as much. So, yes. that is a physical guy. He's got great hands. He ain't going to beat you with too much speed or anything, you know, of, of that nature. But he's going to be at the right spot. He's going to catch the football. He's going to block for you. I mean, I kind of look at him as almost like an old school, like a, a Ben Watson tight end, a three-down kind of tight end that's really a Ben Coach type guy that just we don't see much in the game anymore. Mm-hmm. But boy, you can use him on the, on, on the team where you just put him out there and if you, if you need him to catch passes, he can. If you need him to block, he can. So and you can tell by my excitement. I, I like that, Moss. I just think he's a guy that can help a team out in the NFL. Uh, absolutely, and I, it's kind of, it's really funny because they're just polar opposites. Like I, I just feel like Sullivan is the high upside guy, maybe a really low floor, but on the other side, Thad Moss has the the high floor. Like you said, at worst, he's going to be a rotational piece to a tight end room that that can do stuff in the blocking uh, in the run game as a blocker. He has great hands. There is definitely a role for Thad Moss now. Sullivan. He could be a guy or he could not be a guy. Like, I feel like there's a very wide gap of what potentially he could be, which is really interesting for me, you know, trying to figure out what, I mean, because some teams are just going to pick what's comfortable to them. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a really tough conversation. And speaking of tough, and, and this might be the toughest conversation we're going to have today, following Joe Burrow as the starting quarterback at LSU is a, daunting task to say the least after what he just did man i know miles brennan is is the guy there now we'll just kind of a look forward to the next season for lsu what are kind of your expectations for miles brennan here look all to miles brennan it's going to be unless miles brian comes out and lights the world on fire Mm -hmm. um it's going to be probably a talk you know he's going to have that average fan that says he's not joe burrow and he's going to hear the noise now um so i'm he waited his turn. He didn't transfer. He didn't go to another school. There's, he could have started right away. Uh, you know, so when it comes to that aspect, he's, it, it, I'm proud of the kid. He's a good kid. He comes from a good family. Um, I just think as, as LSU fans that, you know, the people that come, we have to realize that if we can get 75%, you know, of what Joe gave us out of Miles this first year, mm-hmm. 70%, okay, so we only get 36 touchdowns and 10 picks. <laughs> we would have died. We, LSU fans, we would have died for that type of quarterback play every other year besides this past year. So I think we got to come down from our high horse. I know it was awesome, historic season, Heisman Trophy. But let's kind of come back to realize that before Joe, there was a Danny Etling, and, you know, there was there was guys like that that, that we couldn't even cross 20 touchdowns in a season. So, but I think Miles has got all the ability, right? He can, he can make the throws. Couple things concern me about Miles. His sidearm release, I know they're going to work on that a little bit to kind of get it more over the top. But yeah, you know, a Philip Rivers type uh, release, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it spooks me a little bit. Not saying they can't be successful. You've seen Vince Young, you've seen Philip Rivers, but we've also seen a lot of guys where it just did work. So I'll be curious to see how, how his release and all that works um, over the extended time in, in the SEC and his mobility. 
It's really funny because I was I'm actually starting to do you know put my big boards together for 2021. So I'm you know I'm well well aware of Jamar Chase and all those guys, but I just keep watching this LSU film, man. And I need to ask this freshman cornerback Derek Stingley, like what planet was this dude made on? I felt like two years ago, everyone was like, man, if Trevor Lawrence could enter the draft right now, I felt like Stingley was that guy this year, you know? Like, he probably could have transcended his age and and probably competed on NFL field today, which is absolutely insane for his age. For the 2021 draft now, just kind of focusing in, you know, we talked about Jamar Chase a little bit. I know there's a ton of talent. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Stevens, the safety. I, I know that uh, Kerry Vincent has some talent. There's there's guys everywhere. You mentioned Marshall at wide receiver. Very interesting guy. Who are a couple guys that you think are going to be the lead dogs of that group for the 2021 cycle? Yeah, if you look at 2021, on defense, and you mentioned him, I think you got to look at Jacoby Stevens. I think he's, in the NFL, I think he'll kind of be that hybrid guy. You know, he can play safety. He's played kind of some outside linebacker role. He's kind of played that hybrid position at LSU, you know, for a while now. And so 
took him a little while to find his niche, right? I don't know, you know how close he keep up with LSU. They actually moved him to wide receiver a couple years ago. Yeah. They, they didn't really have a spot for him. They were trying to figure out the five-star talent, number one player out of Tennessee. Uh, but finally, he kind of felt it through, and he settled in there with safety with Grant. And, uh, and, and now you, you see the talent. I, I love who Jacoby is as a player. He's one of them leader guys. He's probably going to end up getting number 18 for LSU. That means you're, you know, the leader of the team. You're the captain. Um, he's just that type of guy. He's a gritty type of football player. He's just a good athlete for his size. He's a lot bigger than people realize. He's closer to 6'3", a 210, 215-pound guy that can move. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's the guy when I look at on defense coming out of that 21 class. So I, I think he plays up to his ability. Uh, he, he's a guy that we could be talking about in the first round, you know, maybe a second round, first round guy. I just think he, he's that talented. He's been that way since I've covered him out of high school. And on the offensive side of the ball, when you look at it, I mean, I, I, I keep, we keep talking about it, but I think Jamar Chase is, he's just special. I know you watch a lot of film like me. He's just so strong at the point of contact with the ball. He's so physical. He just rarely gets beat when it's you. You know, when it's Jamar and, and the other guy, he just rarely gets beat, right? I mean, he's just so strong with his hands. He's got the Jerry Rice type thing. I'm going to win at the ball. I might, I might not be the fastest guy in a beat up necessarily, but he's got speed. But I'm just, I'm just better than you, and I'm, I'm going to win this one on one almost every single time. And he does that against elite first round quarterbacks. That's what blew my mind this year to see him, you know, be able to match up against guys that are going in the first round and make them look terrible mm-hmm. so um he's the guy man right that uh, when i look at on this offense next year coming out that uh he, he's a guy that we uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if we said he was you know he was number three pick in the draft you know when he comes out so absolutely i'm so excited for chase i mean he is he's i mean he's i i don't like making early you know early declarations but he's wide receiver one next year i can't see anybody unseating him man like i know it's a it's going to be a historically deep class again next year but like how can you say anybody's better than that guy like i just don't i just don't see it right now i mean i know the rondale moores of the world are gonna kind of have some conversation with you but like that guy is something special. Kind of going with the Clyde Edwards Hilaire conversation from earlier. Do you have an early pick for a guy, maybe not even NFL draft wise, that you think is going to be kind of the breakout star for LSU football this year? Yeah, I think there's a couple of guys you can look at. Real quick, I think a guy like Terrace Marshall Jr., that we, we did see him quite a bit. He got here mid, midway through the season. It's not like you know, people know Terrace, but this year with Justin Jefferson gone, I would not be surprised if you see you hit them with the 1,400 yards, you, you know, 19 touchdowns, you know, those crazy numbers. I think Terry, that's going to really jump jump off. But getting more to a name that we really haven't seen, keep an eye out for you. Both of those running backs, John Emery um, and, Ty, and even Chris Curry. I think I think the nation's really going to get to know those guys really well. And, you know, John Emery's got a star number one running back out of high school last year. He's the guy I think that's got, like you said, that, that he's got a high ceiling. I mean, he's got that 4-4 speed, that 4-3 speed, um, and he fits to the game really well. He's a guy you kind of like Clyde. You can swing him out the backfield. You can use him catching the football. Um, one thing for John, the reason he didn't see the field too much so later in the season, though, right, he, he needs to hang up to the football. He had some issues with, mm. with fumbling, um, catching the football, too. Uh, you you need the coach said on his press conference, I want to play. I want to play Emory just as bad as everybody else, but he has to catch the football and he has to hang on to the football. So if he can do that, I think, you know, you can be talking about him as one of the top, you know, all purpose back in the country. 
and I kind of wanted to end you on this one, Josh. I, I obviously you following recruiting so closely. We just had the Stingley of last year. Is there a guy in this this year's recruiting class that's coming in that's already on maybe on, even on campus that you think is going to be the breakout star this year for the recruit for the freshman class? Oh man, let's see. There's I think look if you look at this in the freshman class, they they recruited very well. But if you keep up with it, um, LSU signed the number one tight end, Arik Gilbert, out of Georgia. He was a Gatorade uh, All American player, uh, you know, for the nation. The first time they've ever handed that out to a tight end. We're talking about Stephen Sullivan, Ryan, I don't know if you got an opportunity to watch uh, Arik, uh, his film yet in high school. But man, this guy, he's a freak show. Six foot five, runs like a wide receiver. He looks like he could step on the, the NFL field right now. Surprise everyone by picking LSU. Everybody having pegged for uh, Alabama, Georgia. LSU's offense took off. They went through the season and said, I want to play in that offense. And he chose LSU. So, Arik Gilbert is the guy who should start day one at LSU at tight end. Watch out for him. I mean, he's going to be a guy. I think he's, he's just a. Uh, Man, he's just a freak show of a talent. That runs like a wide receiver, tall, got great hands. Yeah, he's a national player of the year for high school. I mean, stick him in LSU's offense. You know, good luck. <laughs> All right, well, that, that's going to end it here with me again. Ryan Roberts, Rising Draft on Twitter for Draft Brawl. I'd like to thank Mr. Josh Lemoyne again, the founder and recruiting analyst of Inside the Eye and a contributor for Primetime Pod. Josh, man, I really appreciate you taking, taking the time, man. I really do. That's all we have for you here on today's episode of NFL Draft Brawl. Be sure to follow us on social media at NFL Draft Brawl. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to check back next Wednesday for our next episode of our show here, Breaking Down the NFL Draft. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.